This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello everyone, welcome to Tal Radio and this is me RJ Sankhya hosting through the interview today. In a world full of selfish motives, this name echoes kindness. An art of helping someone could feel challenging for us, but this organization never falls asleep even after being open for 365 days providing emergency shelter and food for the needy. I'm talking about St. Vincent de Paul of Alameda and you must have heard this name. St. Vincent de Paul provides food, security and job training for individuals in need. And before we all grow curious about this, I must tell you about the director executive of St. Vincent de Paul, Mrs. Blaise Blower. So, she is going to take us through the tour of this wonderful organization today. So, Blaise has been managing on non-profits uh, from 24 years now and has impeccable skills to take forward this organization and has also undertook various service-oriented works in her lifetime. So, today I feel privileged to be hosting her. So, without a further ado, let us welcome Blaise Boa onto the show. Welcome Blaise, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, thank you. So, uh you are the executive director of St. Vincent de Paul of Alameda County, right? Now, what does your daily work consist? Well, we have um our, our programs are very varied. We have we run the largest emergency shelter for unhoused people in the East Bay in the Bay Area and the largest mm-hmm. charity dining room serves the most meals to people. uh both both of those involve a lot of volunteers on the dining room especially so i spend a little bit of time managing volunteers appreciating their work making sure that they have a great experience and and want to come back and work with us some more and then we have mm-hmm. other programs that i help design and evaluate and make sure that they're going smoothly work closely with the managers at the other programs uh those include a job training program in, in culinary arts it's called the kitchen of champions And we have drop-in centers for where homeless people can come and take showers and get a change of clothing or do their laundry or get a haircut from the volunteer and um we also have a network of um groups of volunteers they're local chapters of St. Vincent and they operate in their own neighborhoods with no staff help really um and they will bring food to people's homes who need it they respond to a call from a neighboring need uh bring a food box we can help them uh get household goods anything from a bed for one of the kids if they're sleeping on the floor to um pots and pans if they've just moved in uh they can get those from our thrift stores at no cost we have two thrift stores in Alameda County and we also do eviction prevention um through those same volunteers when we meet families that uh can demonstrate why they're behind on their rent this month but why they will be okay next month and in the future we're often able to pay a month's rent or a portion of a month's rent uh to keep that family in their homes so the the number and the variety and the complexity of our program certainly keeps me busy uh making sure that they're all run very well and that we have enough volunteers to do the work that we need to do and to serve the people we're serving that that sounds really great sounds like an interesting job so you've been managing non-profit organizations from a very long time now so how mm-hmm. fulfilling is this and is there anything interesting that you have learned from this experience well it's very fulfilling um it's the most rewarding work i've ever done <clears throat> i started as a volunteer mm-hmm. actually 20 years ago um i was on a big travel adventure and i 
it stopped uh, to visit family and, and, and a little wait layover on my on my traveling. I was traveling by bicycle, and mm-hmm. um, was invited to volunteer. I had such a great experience volunteering um, that they offered me a, a job, and I said, "Well, I only want a temporary job because I want to get back on this travel adventure. Uh, I'll take a job for no more than ninety days." And that was twenty five years ago, and I've never left. And that was actually in, in the mm-hmm. St. Vincent in Phoenix. Uh, that's a long way to say that it's extremely rewarding. It's extremely rewarding to work in a place where people do want to come and volunteer their time because they see how much good is being done every day. And I feel honored yeah. to be uh, a paid position and to be able to create good programs and uh, design and, and upgrade and evaluate um, those programs and keep them staffed with volunteers and keep them funded uh, from our donors. Almost all of our donations come from individuals in the community. Uh, we have one grant that supports our shelter from the city of, of Oakland, but um, our other grants are very small and really they're not that different from uh, the individual donors that, that support us every year. That's great. I, I would like to know what sort of work you have put in this organization so that it is in this position right now that is that. Yeah, it has it has grown um, in the years that I've been involved. When I started, we were really on shaky financial ground. We we had a lot of great programs, but we couldn't always afford to run them, and uh, mm-hmm. we were still trying. Um, and so, yeah. uh, a year after I came, we I decided that we really needed to do a, a big reorganization, and, and the board supported me in that. Our board of trustees, and so. Mm-hmm. Taking back a little bit of what wasn't working and investing more in what was and trying to really stabilize um, the financial foundation of, a, of steady revenues uh, made a really big difference. For example, we closed a warehouse uh, where we used to have trucks drive out all over the county to pick up people's donations at their homes, bring mm-hmm. them back to the warehouse, sort them and clean them and check them and then drive them back out to our thrift stores. And that operation just wasn't wasn't. Um, feasible for us. It was very expensive and it didn't provide much more uh, merchandise than the thrift stores would get anyway. Well, people drop off donations right there at the thrift stores and that's just much more efficient. So now instead mm-hmm. of operating that warehouse more than half a million dollars a year, we rent it out and we get half a million dollars a year in rental income from it. And that's a huge difference. Um, we've tried mm-hmm. to do a better job community relations and and raise our profile in the community so that more people are aware that we're doing this good work and will want to support us. Uh, we think when yeah. people do understand the work and with, when they've heard the stories and seen, especially seen it in person, um, they're likely to want to support us any way they can, whether it's with their time or um, with financial gifts. That's that's wonderful. So uh, I'd like to know what kind of individuals are welcome in the organization and what sort of help they can look out for. Okay. Well, everyone is welcome. Um, we don't just, even though we're are a, a Catholic organization by tradition, we have um, staff from all walks of life, uh, all faiths, all ethnicities, no faith, anything. Uh, same with volunteers. And obviously, yes, we don't discriminate at all based on color or sexuality, gender, identity, um, yeah. any kind of ethnicity or, or faith. So everyone is welcome. Um, our dining room doesn't even ask who you are. Um, you can come right in, and if you're hungry, you can get a hot meal. Um, we don't pay attention to, you know, track much except counting the meals. Uh, and our other programs, we do pay attention to who you are so that we can help you better. Um, folks who come into the drop-in center, we, we do enter into our database so that we can uh, keep track of what we've done for them in the past, what they're trying to do for themselves, and how we might be able to help them move forward in those goals. 
Um, mm-hmm. Even though they're meeting with volunteers, the volunteers are acting almost as amateur case managers because they can look at the database and see what conversation we had with them last time and kind of pick that conversation up where it left off. Um, so in terms of what people expect, uh, our tradition is really built around person-to-person service. Um, it's mm-hmm. not cookie cutter. It's not remote. It's not, you know, often at a distance. It's it's really face-to-face, usually sitting with a volunteer. Um, we have volunteer mentors for our job development program, for example. So if someone uh, enters that program, and often they're there from a disadvantaged background, many of them have been incarcerated or they have never really worked a steady job and they don't have all of the skills that you need to find a job and to keep one. And so mm-hmm. we have volunteers work them every day uh, who are just mentoring them and coaching them, teaching them how to go through an interview. We do mock interviews, um, teaching them how to write a resume and how to do a job search and dress for success. And meanwhile, they're getting uh, good culinary skills from our chef while they're helping us to prepare lunch for 650 guests every day that come for our lunch. So folks can expect personal service. They can expect um, service with dignity and they can expect Mm -hmm. to have basic needs. Um, we say we feed, clothe, house, and heal anyone who's in need. And then in, in yeah. some of our programs, they, they can have a hopefully a transformative experience where we, we take them from someone who's not likely to be able to get a, a job and hold it and help them become someone who is. Great. That sounds like a lot of great work happening over there. So I'd like to know what is the most challenging part of managing so much and what is like what's the hardest thing about this nonprofit organization? Well, I think I think seeing that there is more need than we're able to accomplish with our resources. Um, there's only so much that we can do. We, you know, we we mm. get wonderful donations community, but there's always more that we could be doing. There's always there are always people that that would yeah. love to have not able to give, and that's a difficult thing. Um, we yeah. get used to it, but especially when you're new at this work, it's really hard. Um, it's kind of heartbreaking to have to say no to someone. For example, in the um, in the area of eviction prevention, where we're helping keep people in their homes by paying their rent, when a family uh, comes to us who has no income and is behind on their rent, or for example, mm-hmm. right now, when uh, there's been an eviction moratorium and some people have gotten way behind on their rent, it's just more than we can do. And so we choose yeah. to have them expect for the donations that we receive um, by targeting people for whom we can make a real difference. And so for folks who we would just be putting a Band-Aid, if we paid their rent this month, they would still need help next month and our, our money wouldn't have been as useful. Um, those are people that we have to say no to. And to say no to someone like that is really difficult. They're often very, very sympathetic people, small children um, who really do need the help. But yeah. just because of our trying to um, really get the most bang for our buck, it's better for us to find two or three families who don't need quite as much, who will be okay after we help them, rather than putting money into that one family. But it is difficult to have to tell someone no. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. So now, after knowing so much about this organization, uh, we'd love to hear some success stories. So can you tell us something? Well, um, one thing that always comes to my mind is um, a, a, a person who had been coming to our drop-in center for a long time, and they were they were seen by different volunteers, usually different volunteers on each day of the week, because many of the volunteers come once a week or every other week. And um, I think one day they were really in, in poor spirits, and they sat down with a volunteer. Uh, I think her name was Mary. And 
they just looked at Mary or had a little conversation with Mary and said, you know what? And it kind of said to themselves, if, yeah. if Mary to come here every week and help me just out of the goodness of her heart, she could be playing golf. She could be playing bridge with her friends. She's retired. She could do whatever she wants with her time, but she's chose to, yeah. chosen to come here. She believes in me and maybe I should believe in myself. And that person went out and started changing how how motivated he was to try to help himself. And before he knew it, he had actually found work and found a path out of homelessness. And he really credits it, not that there was anything special about Mary, but the fact that she was there for him every time he came yeah. in on a Wednesday. Um, so that's yeah. always been a story that I'll always remember. Um, we have wonderful stories from people who are staying in our shelter who haven't had a place to live for a long, long time. And they will, over time, work with case manager. We can get them all the ID that they may have lost that they need. We can make sure that they have their income documented, that they get on the housing waiting list. And yeah. many of them eventually to get into more permanent housing uh, where they can stay housed for, for years and years. The challenge in, in that case and the challenge in our shelter in general is that even when we've done everything we can for someone, and had them gotten them ready for housing, um, there's just no housing available, uh, nothing that they yeah. can afford. So the real yeah. challenge, I think people who work with homelessness all agree, is that we have to construct and, and operate more affordable housing, especially some deeply affordable housing. Um, so our shelter, yeah. but our shelter can only go far, uh, but we can certainly keep people safe and get them as prepared for that housing as they can. Yeah, There are lots, totally. lots of other stories. Uh, great stories from people who are in our, our Kitchener Champions training program. Um, I see that, you know, they come in, they all start the class together. So when they, when the class is starting, you can see that everyone's a little nervous. They don't know if mm-hmm. this is going to be something they eat at. They haven't succeeded at much in their life. So maybe they don't even have a lot of hopes. Um, but mm-hmm. over the course of week program, they start gaining confidence and you can just see it in their faces and how they're interacting and they become more of a cohesive group. And eventually they've yeah. built themselves together as a network that they can call on in the future when they need a little extra extra help. So watching that that transformation of people as they go through that program is really a, a heartwarming thing. Um, many people in the program, when they complete it, we have a graduation ceremony for them, which is a really nice event. I would love to invite anyone to come to that. Um, mm-hmm. At the graduation ceremony, each of our uh, participants who's just graduated gets a chance to talk for a minute or two. And we often hear things like, you know, I've never graduated from anything before. I didn't graduate from, I didn't graduate from high school. I didn't go to college. And this is the first time I've done this. And it's, it feels so mm-hmm. good. It feels so proud of myself. And I'm so ready to take the next step in my life. So those kinds yeah. of hearing those uh, comments and reactions from our guests is really, really touching. And, and those are great stories as well. I agree. Totally, totally heartwarming. You know, I could feel it through your words. So uh, like you told earlier, one thing I must appreciate is the inclusivity. You know, this organization is very inclusive of all genders, races, beliefs, identities, sizes, whatnot. So how is the bond between everyone there? I'd love to know more about the harmony between the volunteers in, in your community. Yeah. Well, part of what St. Vincent de Paul does, it's really our our core value. Uh, We say that we serve others, but we also want to give others the opportunity to serve. 
So making sure that a volunteer has the best experience possible is really how we keep people engaged and how we how we continue to function. Um, the volunteers that get really uh, excited about our work because they have a great experience, they want to become donors, they want to bring their friends, they want to clean out their closets and give us their clothes, they want to come to fundraising events, and also they want to sit on a committee and have a leadership role. Yeah. So yeah. to do that, the volunteer has to have a few things. They have to... Uh, come in and understand what they're supposed to be doing, be comfortable doing that work, get enough training to do it well. They have to have some fellowship and friendship among themselves, among other volunteers and with our staff. So we always make sure that volunteers get a nice lunch break and we encourage them to sit together and get to know each other a little bit. And that makes yeah. it a more rewarding for them. Um, volunteers do come from all life. We, we get a lot of young people volunteering uh, for a short time, either to complete a class project or a school or a church or a youth group might bring a big group down to volunteer just to kind of teach them about getting back. Uh, and then we have working people who come on their day off, maybe for a few hours. Um, we're open on Saturday, so a lot of folks who work during the week can still come and volunteer. And we um, really primarily see a lot of retired folks who have a little bit of time on their hands. So when we get a call or a visit uh, from someone who says, I just retired and I, I'm not sure what I want to do with my spare time, that's a, that's the gold standard. That's the best kind of volunteer we, we can get because we know if they have a great experience, they're going to want to keep coming back every week for many, many years. And we see a lot of that happening. So many years have been coming for 10, even 20 years. So uh, like you mentioned in between, the values that you people carry. I'd love to know what are your missions and values of St. Vincent de Paul? Yeah, well, the, the mission as I see it is uh, based around the, the spirituality and fellowship that volunteers get. Many of them come, um, again, we, we're open to everyone, but a lot of our volunteers do come because um, of their spirituality and, and their religious practice teaches them that they should be getting back, whatever religion that is. Um, so yeah. we say spirituality and for uh, those who are helping and then as i said serving others in need on a face-to-face -face basis and giving others the opportunity to serve those are really the the key core values of our mission person to person face-to-face -face, volunteer to to neighbor or to yeah. guest yeah. as a staff i've developed some core values that i think help our staff um, work better together um, avoid conflict with the staff uh, for example, we value kindness and respect. Uh, we value grit because uh, the work can be really hard and it's tiring, but from people who are persistent and who who know that you can continue to make forward progress, um, that really helps. Uh, we value engagement. Um, as I mentioned, um, engaging a volunteer or someone who's taken a tour or any visitor and getting them excited about their work, it makes them feel like part of the family. It makes them want to do more. And we value storytelling, um, you know, just the idea that we have so many individual people, each with their own lives, each with their own stories, and um, hearing those stories, sharing them. Um, I shoot a lot of videos uh, of our guests who are, who are willing and interested in telling their story, and we post those videos on our YouTube channel, uh, which is, you can find it easily at YouTube um, under SVDP Oakland, all one word, um, St. Paul SDDP Oakland and there are lots of there's probably 30 or 40 different little videos that you can watch to hear stories uh, from some of the guests that we've served. Yeah I, I would definitely do that. What would you like to tell to the potential donors through our TAL radio and also please mention the process of donation. 
Sure. Well, it's um, it's easy to make a donation online. Um, you can go to our website at svdp alameda.org and yeah. um, the donate takes you to a, a page at Network for Good where we take our donations. Um, we really uh, depend a lot on small monthly donations. Uh, most of our donations are not that large, but we have a lot of people who make them. And many of those folks know that in order to support us best and provide uh, the real continuity, um, they give a little bit each month. So even $5 a month is a huge help to us. And many people give 10 or 25 or 100, and some people give 250 or 500 a month, uh, those who are able. Um, so that is an amazing kind of, of donation for us, even at a small level, like I say, even $5. Um, you're welcome to donate or talk about donations or talk about volunteering by calling me. I'm happy to get my phone number out. It's 510-435-2625. I'm the executive director. It's Blaze Bova, and I would love to talk to anyone who is interested in supporting us. You can text me at that number. It's a cell phone. And I would just say that um, donating to St. Vincent de Paul, first of all, is tax deductible, um, but it also is a great way to make sure that your money is going as far as it can, because we do do most of our work with volunteers. Um, we run two thrift stores and a 24-7, 365-day-a-year shelter and all the other programs that I mentioned with a staff of only about 50 people. Um, but in terms of volunteers, we have several hundred people who come pretty regularly uh, once a week or so. So you know that as a donor, if you give us $100, almost all of it is going to go directly to helping the people that we're trying to help. Well, particularly in the in the eviction prevention area when um, it's those volunteers in, in the local chapters that are going out and helping pay someone's rent or utilities. They're, as I said, they, they work purely as volunteers. So there's very, very little overhead. And a donor can know uh, not only that we have a good long tradition and that we've been evaluated many times and we have, you know, a good, great reputation in the community over the 80 plus years that we've been here um, at St. Vincent Paul. Actually, I think it's... Um, 85 years now, actually this year. So folks know that we're we're doing good work in the community. They're, they're well aware that uh, their money would be well spent and go to a great cause, which is, you know, helping someone who's most in need, really down on their luck uh, with the most basic things to help them keep functioning until they're able to, uh, with our help, um, bring their life to a better place. That is wonderful. I really hope uh people who are listening would take interest, you know, to be the donors for this organization. All right, so we have come to the end of our interview and I'm done with my questions and everything you said today was impactful and insightful. And yeah, thanks for letting us know so much about this wonderful organization, St. Vincent de Paul of Alameda. And thank you once again for your energetic participation. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have an opportunity to speak to your listeners, and I hope that many of them will find themselves inspired to want to get in touch with us and take a tour. I'd be delighted to give anyone a tour or um, let them have lunch in our cafeteria and our dining room so that they can really see uh, how we do the yeah. work that we do. Thanks Absolutely. again. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming in. So that was Blaze Boa. And I really hope that this interview was insightful for you people. For more such interviews, talks and informative content, stay tuned to Tile Radio, powered by Touch Your Life Foundation. And this is me, RJ Sankhya, signing off for today. Take care, you all. You have just listened to Tile Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.